is God saying to you and to me? Here's what he's saying. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The Bible predicts a massive invasion of Israel as the return of Christ draws near. Hi everybody, welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, Israel, God's Timepiece, with part two of the message, The Coming Invasion of Israel. You know, the Bible is crystal clear that one day the land of Israel will experience a massive attack from a coalition of nations that will require the direct intervention of God to save them. And as we're going to see in our message, Scripture even identifies these nations, many of which are rapidly anti-Israel today. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share this exciting and informative message, The Coming Invasion of Israel. All that being said, I find it fascinating that here we are in the 21st century, with Israel having been gathered from all the nations to which she was scattered, which I consider it the greatest Bible prophecy fulfillment in my lifetime. And I wasn't alive. I had five years before I was alive. But in my time period, my generation, and the focal point of the world is on the concern that Iran will acquire a nuclear bomb. Isn't that amazing? How did he know 24 centuries ago that this landmass, this people, this area would be involved in preparing to take Israel off the map as we just read? And we also know that Russia has consistently provided arms to Iran and has engaged in other reciprocal nefarious terrorist activities with them, revealing the kind of camaraderie Ezekiel predicted. We're there. Isn't it amazing? Bible prophecy is amazing. And in case you're wondering, Ezekiel 38 predicts has never, ever, ever happened in history. And let me throw out one more little nugget. This is not the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is totally different players with totally different results. This might be a prelude to Armageddon. It might be the fuse to Armageddon, but you know what I see it as? The final jihad. Because every one of these nations are rapidly Islamic, anti-Israel, and anti-Semitic. And this will be the final jihad to take Israel off the map, and God himself is going to blast it away and bring this war to an end. Say, Jeff, do you really believe this? Well, of course I believe it. I mean, the Bible is very, very clear. Now... Here's the bottom line. Someday in the near future, the world is going to wake up to the news that a vast invasion of Israel is underway. The invaders will be comprised of a large confederacy of primarily Islamic, Israel-hating, anti-Semitic nations in league with Russia. 
This war will be unlike any other war in history. It will unleash a series of irreversible events that will change the world forever. It will be spectacularly ended by the intervention of Almighty God himself. I'm going to read that again in case you missed it. It will be spectacularly ended by the intervention of Almighty God. Jeff, you said nuclear weaponry. The prophet said he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. However the decimation happens to these invading armies, it's going to happen. God is not going to allow his people to be evaporated, annihilated, decimated by these Islamic armies along with Russia. He's not going to let it happen. Now, let's look at how Ezekiel describes the aftermath of this war. Let's just say this war happened in our lifetime. I think it very easily could because all the players are in place. And they're all Israel haters. And Russia is deeply involved with most of them right now. Ezekiel writes, after this war has been ended by this decimation, Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both shields, bucklers, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forest because they will make fires with the weapons. And they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog, that is Russia, a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers, because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call it the valley of Haman Gog. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them. Let me read that again. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying, and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. They will set apart men regularly employed. Hey, I got a job. Hey, what's your job? Burying people from that war. And they'll be employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land. Watch this. When anyone sees a man's bone, he will set up a marker by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. The name of the city will also be Hamona. Thus they shall cleanse the land. Now, as I pointed out last time, this is the way that you would have to clean a land polluted with nuclear waste. Even a bone that had radioactivity on it, you would have to mark it and move on and let somebody come and bury it. That's what Ezekiel saw. Passersby won't be allowed to go beyond a certain point due to the radiation. Now, this is my conjecture. So if it's nuclear, they won't be allowed, because the Bible says they won't be allowed past a certain place. The passersby, travelers, even a bone of those killed will have a marker placed by it until it's buried. Ezekiel also predicts an awareness on the part of the Jews as well as the rest of the Gentile world that it was God who intervened on Israel's behalf. Watch this. He writes in verse 21, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed. How many nations? All. Because everybody's going to have watched this, of course. 
And they're all going to come to a conclusion. God did this. All the nations will see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity. Do you get this? That we Gentiles, all of us Gentiles over here in these Western nations, are all going to realize and have an understanding as to why the Jews were persecuted for 20 centuries, why the Holocaust, why they were treated like dirt all those centuries for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me, therefore I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies, and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. And all the Gentile nations are going to realize this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness and wish they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they, the Jews, will know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. So after this war, there is going to be a worldwide Jew and Gentile revelation that God's hand was involved in all of this. And then he says in verse 29, I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. But listen carefully to me now. This is all good and wonderful, and I rejoice in what we just read. That is the last part of it. I don't rejoice in war ever. I do rejoice that God protects Israel when she's attacked. And the day may very well come. You and I wake up, and this invasion is underway. Would you be surprised in light of everything going on in the world today? In light of the way nations have been turning against Israel, even our own, would you be surprised if we woke up and saw that a confederacy of nations had invaded the land of Israel? I wouldn't. If we do wake up and see it, get right with God. Because you're about to see some major, major stuff going on in our world. But now, after this, and after the cleanup, and after this worldwide revelation, there is still something that must happen. The prophet Jeremiah said something would come upon Israel called the time of Jacob's trouble. And that's still to come. Following this amazing series of events predicted by Ezekiel, a false Christ will come upon the scene. Listen carefully to me, church. As surely as you're sitting here, a false Christ is going to come upon the scene. Jesus predicted this saying, quote, I am come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. But another will come in his own name, and him you will receive. He said that to the Jews. He said that to the Jewish people, those that he came to. He came to his own, and his own received him not, the Bible says. So what did Jesus say? I came to you as your Messiah, and you didn't receive me. So here's what's going to happen. Another is going to come in his own name, and you're going to receive him when you reject the real, you always embrace a counterfeit. Jesus was talking about the Jews receiving 
the coming Antichrist as the Messiah. Daniel the prophet predicted the day would come when Israel would cut a covenant, cut a peace treaty with Antichrist. It will be a seven-year treaty. They will believe him. They will go into league with him. They will trust him. And they'll cut a treaty with him. And essentially, they are cutting a treaty with hell, with the devil. And halfway through that treaty, three and a half years in, he will turn on them. And literally, all hell breaks loose halfway through that treaty, which is the seven-year tribulation. The Jews will receive him because after the Gog War, where God destroys Gog's army to save Israel and also to display to Israel and the world that he exists, they will be set up by religious leaders to believe that they will now enter the promised kingdom restoration. Because Antichrist is going to let them reinstitute all their Old Testament sacrifices. The temple will be rebuilt. Antichrist will essentially say to them, in order to cut the treaty, oh yeah, go back into your Old Testament sacrifices and all the stuff that you observed under Moses. Go ahead, go for it. We love you just like you are. But three and a half years into it, he will put a stop to it. He will demand they worship no one but him. And he will walk into the temple, the rebuilt temple, and declare himself to be God. And then all pandemonium and hell breaks loose. Now, instead of what they thought they were getting, they will enter the false covenant with the Antichrist. Now, I want to close with something that Paul wrote in Thessalonians that is so powerful. And I want you to look at this with me. Second Thessalonians 2, let's start reading. Paul is talking about this time period that I just talked to you about. Now, brethren... Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. There was a rumor going around in the first century that Jesus had already come. He said, don't believe it. He has not already come. And he says, let me tell you some things that must happen before he does come. So he goes on, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, the day being the return of Christ, the day of the Lord, will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now let's just number them, right? First, a falling away from what? From the faith once delivered to the saints. A falling away. We call it an apostasy. There will be a huge worldwide falling away before the coming of Christ. Let me ask you a question. Are we seeing that today? You better know we are. We've got whole denominations throwing the Bible out, folks, that used to be pillars for the truth. I could take you back to the 1930s, 1920s, 1900s, 19th century, all the 1800s. These churches, these denominations were the pillars and ground of the truth. And now they've thrown the Bible out. They are doing things that are completely contrary to clear scripture, ordaining homosexual people into the ministry, marrying same-sex people. Say, well, there you go, Jeff, hating. I don't hate anybody. Don't give me that. Here's the deal. I don't hate. I have a moral conviction. And my moral conviction comes from the word. Okay? It's not hate. So as much as the radical gay folks want to 
spin this, that when somebody has a moral conviction, they're a hater. I've got a moral conviction that theft is wrong too. And I also have a moral conviction that murder is wrong. Do any of those make me a hater? Enough said. There will be a falling away from the orthodox, biblical, Christian faith. And it will be worldwide. And along with this falling away, the man of sin is revealed. Notice, singular man. Man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition. We could say the son of the devil. Not literally like Jesus was the son of God. It's not like Satan's spirit causes a woman to conceive without the help of a man. That's not what I'm saying. But this individual will be demon-possessed, unlike anyone has been demon-possessed in all of history. Look at Hitler. Look at Saddam Hussein. Look at anybody you want to name in history that has been evil, wicked. This guy will put them to shame, the level of his demon possession. He will be demon, Satan, controlled, the son of perdition, the son of the devil, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. He is a, an industrial strength narcissist. He says, not only am I incredible and not only am I all of these things, and guess what? I'm on the level of God. So worship me so that he sits as God in the temple of God. Here we go. Paul puts him in the rebuilt temple, committing the abomination of desolation, desolating the inner sanctuary by going into it and calling himself God, showing himself that he is God. Now look what Paul says. He says, do you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So he's writing to them, but, but it's just repeat. He's repeating what he's already told them. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Look what he says in verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. We see all that in the end of the book of Revelation. When Antichrist and the false prophet are seized by the angel and thrown into the lake of fire, that's all there in the end of the book of Revelation. The Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So when Jesus returns... His coming is going to be bright like lightning flashing across the sky. It is going to be sudden, totally unexpected. He's going to come suddenly. It's going to be bright. The whole world is going to see him. And when he appears in the sky, the Antichrist, who's going to be right then involved in the war of Armageddon with the false prophet, is going to be seized by the angel of Christ and thrown into the lake of fire. Isn't it interesting that here in Second Thessalonians, John, way back later in the book of Revelation, totally agrees with this, shows the unity of the Bible. The coming of the lawless one, he's going to tell us how Antichrist is going to come. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, this Antichrist is going to perform signs and wonders like Jesus did. That is, miraculous stuff where people will look and say, wow, he really is supernatural. Let's follow him. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why are they perishing? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. What's the love of the truth? John 3.16. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. So the Antichrist is a delusion. Look at verse 11. And for this reason, God will send them, the Jews and the world, read it with me, 
Strong delusion. Remember what I said? When you reject the truth, you accept a counterfeit. Anytime you and I look at the Bible and we know what it says and we reject it, we've just opened the door for deception. We've opened the door for a lie. When you reject the truth, you open the door to be deceived. I weep over our nation. I pray more regularly and more intensely for America now than I ever have in my whole life. Because America has rejected Christ. Has rejected the Bible. So, no, Jeff, there's a lot of Christians in America. Well, there's a lot of Christians in America, but America as a whole has rejected the word of God. The only thing that can happen is deception rush in. So I ask you tonight, is deception rushing in? Oh, yeah. But look what happens. When you reject the truth, God will eventually send a delusion. He sends it. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I know this is a heavy word. And like I said, next time I'm going to talk about a world caught off guard. We're going to talk about the days of Noah and the days of Lot and how both generations were caught off guard. It's really good stuff. And this is what Jesus said next time. But I want to leave you with an encouraging word. I know this is heavy stuff. Say, wow, sounds like the world is going to come crashing in. It is. It is going to come crashing in. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to get better, Jeff. Evolution tells us so. Evolution is a lie. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. America's decaying in front of our eyes. But here's the deal. Though all of this around us is in collapse, what is God saying to you and to me? Here's what he's saying. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So the darker it gets out there, the brighter we're going to get in here. and We're going to take the light into the dark. Yes, we're going to be persecuted. Yes, we might be mocked. But many, many people are going to be saved in this dark hour. Well, isn't the Bible amazing in its prophetic accuracy? In fact, it's fulfilled Bible prophecy that provides one of the great proofs that it is indeed the Word of God. Now, stay tuned. Our announcer has some important information for you, including how you can obtain a copy of today's message or of the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece. And be sure to join me next time for the message, A World Caught by Surprise. Now, here's our announcer. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Coming Invasion of Israel is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Israel, God's Timepiece. You can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.